0: Hi there, folks, and welcome back, or just welcome, if this is your first time tuning in, to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajimam, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by our sponsor, Alex Watanabe of snaps.talk. Alex provides excellent and super affordable photography and videography services in Tokyo, Japan, starting at only 3,000 Japanese yen. You can check out his work in this episode's show notes. We'll link to his profiles, his email address, and a gallery of photos that he's done for us at our last um, face-to-face business seminar way back in 2019. Don't be shy. Get in touch with Alex on snaps.tok, that's T-O-K, at gmail.com, or via his Instagram account, TokyoNightOwl, and he'll sort you right out. All right. So for today's episode, back by popular request, he's another of our Clubhouse Room Chat sessions. Just remind our listeners, these are held every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Japan time, which means tomorrow at the time of this recording, and we chat and we take questions on all things related to real estate in Japan. Our panel of experts includes Emil Gorgis, a Tokyo agent who specializes in family homes and loans for expats in the greater Tokyo area, Tracy Northcott, who specializes in short-term rentals, and yours truly on all things related to investment properties in Japan. And in this feature chat today, which was recorded early last month, we take on a bunch of questions from very active audience on plenty of topics. So from availability of home loans, investment loans and investment visas and through holiday homes that can be utilized as short term stays during the owner's absence and management of these properties via management companies investment properties in various locations around the country, and how to best manage those, and much, much more. So this particular conversation was a pretty long one. The questions just kept on coming, but it's packed full of useful info for anyone who uh, participated or just listened in. So I hope you'll find some value in it as well. So enjoy, and I'll see you again on the other side.
1: Um, So thank you guys for joining. Most of you know us already. Uh, My name is Emil. I'm a real estate agent here in Tokyo. I focus on Family home purchases for personal use. Uh, Ziv on the far right, um, he helps people with uh, investments in Japan. So uh, buyers are looking to purchase investment properties. Um, then that's that's his thing. And Tracy, so are you, Minpaku Queen or the Airbnb Queen? What what shall we refer? You? Which Queen do you
2: okay. prefer? Probably Minpaku.
3: So Airbnb, I have a problem with Airbnb. That using that name as a description of what I do, because Airbnb is a brand, like Kleenex, like Xerox, like Uber. Um, it's a brand rather than and uh, rather than what you do, and it's it's really just come into being a noun and a verb, and and rather than being the marketplace. And I'm I'm I guess I'm just trying to do my bit for helping people see themselves as a business rather than as a wheel in someone else's cog. Um, mm-hmm. Building their business on someone else's land, which is what you're doing when you when you hitch your wagon to to Airbnb. So that's just me and my soapbox a little bit. Um, but well, I, I recognise that that you know, if I say Airbnb when I'm in rooms and if I'm if I'm doing my marketing, I'm doing my SEO. I really do have to use it, the word Airbnb because that's what people are searching on and that's what people understand. But at the same time, I'm also just trying to educate the market that it's more than airbnb it's it because you're the host and you're you're the one providing the product and delivering the service you want that's not airbnb the airbnb is a marketplace which is a great marketplace don't get me wrong it's a great marketplace but it's not it's not your identity
1: sure because my my point with the minpaku cream thing is minpaku is very specific to people in japan and who actually who actually know about it and know what it is for other uh, like potential like Zib's potential investors for example potential clients they are overseas they may not understand minpaku what it means at all so that's my uh, that's my point about if it's a minpaku queen
3: fortunately i'm bilingual in i'm bilingual
1: <laughs> <laughs> how about just the, the hostess with the mostest
3: hostess think, yeah. with the mostest i like exactly.
0: that i like <laughs> exactly. that a
3: lot and, and hostess means something very very different here as well so
1: yeah, um, yeah. Well, even like you know, the, the short term state queen is also was that like a temporary girlfriend? Uh, who knows? But, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's plenty of ways we can we can take it. Let's uh, can, let's get on with it. I think. Um, actually, so I uh, no, no, said so the Tracy's introduction. So the hostess, the hostess is. Uh, so anyone who's looking for short term uh, investment, either uh, so to do short term. Uh, management of their properties, for example, Minpaku, Airbnb type, or other short-term or monthly-type stays, then Tracy is a, she both consults and does management um, for properties uh, using that particular niche that you just heard us talk about. Uh, so, yeah, so hopefully with the three of us kind of experts, uh, like, I feel strange calling us that, but there's the specialists in our field, well, respected uh, respective fields, uh, we should be able to answer most of your questions. Um Emil, so, you're an expert. Own it, mate. Own it. You're an expert. Yo. I'm going to turn my yo to expert with a question mark.
3: Uh,
1: Bertrand, Christian, how are you guys doing today?
4: Good. Uh, how are you guys? Um, happy to, to be in this room and, and, and talk about real estate. So for, from my personal background, I own a few uh, investment properties in the, in the Kanto area and Kansai area and uh, always looking to to expand and uh that's mostly uh 90 99 percent uh residential uh property i own
0: oh, i mostly just noticed property. which christian you are how are you going mate?
4: hey we never really
0: talked in person though. So. no but i i keep now that i'm looking at your profile oh i know this christian <laughs> <laughs>
4: good to meet you in person so yeah i'm, I'm really interested in investment properties and uh, right now only do uh long-term rentals but uh always been playing with uh you know converting potentially some of them into some short stay uh, accommodation i've got really uh, large centrally located property in osaka that, that might be good for that but given the current climate you know i think i need to wait a few more months uh but uh that's what i'm interested in oh uh, and i know emil uh previously so with some discussions on, on a private home purchase that i'm, I'm still looking at so uh I'll need to ping you as well again, Emil. Definitely.
1: Um, okay. So look, I guess in terms of that, so Tracy is definitely the person to speak to in terms of, you know, I think we've discussed in the past when we've met, uh, I I also have some Airbnb properties, but that's like a bit of a side thing for me where it's for Tracy, she consults and she's a much better host than, than I, uh, I I could ever be. So uh, but she can actually answer a lot of your questions regarding the very specifics of that. And that's what this is about. So. Feel free to ask a very, very specific question. I do want to say um, that, yeah, this uh, this is being recorded. So, Zib has a uh, podcast. So, yeah, I should, should have said that earlier. Uh, Zib has a, a podcast, um, which we'll explain in, in a moment. But, yeah, so what we've been doing is the recordings of this particular session uh, end up being just put on, put on his podcast. Uh, we only refer to you by uh, first name. So not your not your last name. So on the podcast, hopefully, there's no uh, identifying information,
0: and it's uh, only the audio, so no one's going to see your uh, face if they appear on your icons. Sure.
1: So yeah, but um, so if you are a bit sensitive to sort of the information uh, that you are sharing on this, feel free to uh, ping us directly. So uh, with myself, you can reach uh, people are able to reach out to me through Instagram DM. Uh, Tracy, what's your preferred method? Instagram DM.
3: Yeah, Instagram DM is fine. Um, You can find me through my blog. I write about a lot of this stuff. Um, Actually, sorry, I shouldn't. Uh, I have an an amazing blog that covers all areas of the short-term rental industry, Um, and you can find me through that, and also you can find me through Instagram, uh, which is linked to my Clubhouse profile. I'm actually really keen to hear what questions you've got. I could talk about... Lots of things, short-term rental. But if I can ask, answer some specific questions, um, that might be useful to you, and also add some value to the other people listening on the podcast or, or listening in the audience here.
4: Yeah, yeah. For me personally, it's uh, just uh, I don't, I wouldn't have time to to look after property, and then dealing with uh, you know welcoming people, uh, uh, getting the the cleaning uh, organized, and uh, everything, the whole communication. I got, I got a pretty um, time-consuming full-time job and for me it would have to be in a way that i, I use some kind of a, a middleman or an agency to to do that kind of work uh how do you go about that do you do you run that uh, do you run all your own properties or do you provide a service to uh, to people who would like to to start a mempocker business
3: I mean, I can, I can answer that question in two ways. I can talk about my experience, but I can also talk about what is the, sort of the, the general market standard out there, uh, because I, I, I sort of handle both. Um, so, I so for my Minpaka business, I have a, a, a combination of ownership, so ones that I own myself, ones that I do rental, the Americans call it rental arbitrage, or the, the U, UK people call it rent-to-rent, which is basically like subleasing um, with permission. Um, which of course you've got to do in Japan if you're uh, you need to work with the landlords and then also I work directly with um, with people who own the property and who uh, and, and work as a co-host or work as a manage it's a management style so um, I would take the, the, the property and it was it would be either using the furniture that the owner already had um, or the owner would buy the furniture and put it in, and then so that is an asset that you own. And then um, I would manage the whole, uh, the whole, the whole thing from listing the property, getting the property ready, uh, having the systems in place, knowing, vetting the customers, making sure that they're the right, the right style of guests, managing the customers, managing their expectations, doing all the hospitality side of it, um, making sure the cleaners are set. So all of that. Stuff uh, is what I would take care of, and what a good manager would take care of for you. Um, and I charge a profit share on that. What profit share you're able to negotiate is really dependent on the situation, um, and you know it could be anywhere from thirty percent to fifty percent, and that's either on a gross or a net, depending again depending on the model of the the manager and of the uh, um, uh, and the, the owner. So. I typically work with people who have properties in Japan that uh, that they've maybe been transferred overseas and they still want to come, when they come back to Japan, they want to be able to use their own property. they're either Japanese, or you know, a a, a couple that have um, you know one one partner Japanese, one partner one partner not, um, and uh, you know they've been transferred overseas, or they're uh, coming they overseas and they want to be transferred in Japan. So there's a lot of different ways, but basically it's an asset that they want to be able to use for themselves part time, and then part time to be uh, to be making money. Um, typically, the return on uh, uh, on the short-term market is much much higher than, than it is for long term. but it does come at, at a cost and that cost is um, the uh, slightly more wear and tear on your property. Um, and also the fact that it is um, that you know, there's different people in and out um, but, uh, but also there's a management fee to pay. Um, the, the, the upside is is that you know that it's going to be cleaned and spotless on a regular basis if you've got a good manager um, and, it, and sometimes taken care of a little bit better than, uh, than the long-term rentals. Um, and, uh, but like I said, you will need to replace the wallpaper a bit more frequently and, and there is a bit more wear and tear because there's, there's different people, there's suitcases and, and all that stuff, which is a little bit harder on the house um utilities can be a little bit higher because um, uh, people on holidays or people in a different house don't know how to, and they're not thinking about how to minimise their bills. Um, so there's there's a lot of little pieces in that, but still the, the money that you can earn on a short-term rental on a non-COVID time is far exceeding what you would earn on a long-term rental. So there's pros and cons on both sides. Did that... Did that answer some of those questions, or did you have? Did you want to drill
4: down to some more? Well, that answered all the questions I had. I was especially curious on, 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 on what kind of fee I would have to calculate in and, and, and see and run a model and see if it makes it worth it. But uh, no, that's something I'm definitely interested in. I will definitely reach out to you.
3: I would, you know, whether you hire me or whether you hire another Person, the sort of things that you need to do for your due diligence is making sure that the manager you hire knows who their ideal guest is and has a very and has a uh, a documented and a robust system for vetting guests and managing guests and doing the check ins and checkouts. Um, so that would be my advice to you as a landlord. Know, make sure that your you do your due diligence on the manager to make sure that they. They are only accepting guests um, who are going to be respectful and responsible, not just to your house but also to your community and your neighbours. Um, and they and a good manager should be able to sh- open, you know, have full transparency and show you how they're managing guests and how they're managing the vetting process. And if they can't show you that, if, um then uh, then they're not the, they're not the manager for you because then they're really not going to be looking after your property very well um, so don't be so i would suggest paying a little bit more in terms of a profit share to like allow that the manager can can earn a little bit more money but makes but but those are the managers who will be taking better care of your property um it's like it's like, for example, when I when I work with a cleaner, I'm not I'm I'm hiring a cleaner who's going to do the best job for me, not the cheapest one, um, because these are the systems in place that are going to make or break the business and also be good for your property.
0: I can just add from the financial side, Christian. We don't actually do minpaku, but we do have a few customers who do monthly rentals as opposed to long-term leases, and um, they charge similar fees. So the monthly managers charge also twenty-five or thirty percent, and. Um, Monthly generally um, tends to yield less than Minpaku, but even with the monthly, we're very close to when the property is in a good location and a good profile and under good management, they do yield close to double what the long-term leases. So with Minpaku, it can be much higher than that. It's definitely worth it if the property is of the right profile. And a good manager will also let you know in advance before taking on the property whether that one would be suitable for their types of guests.
4: Well, that's uh, good information, too. Now, I have a property in Osaka where actually uh, a few units in there uh, were rented by a company that does monthly rentals. So I was thinking, you know, why not do that on my own, actually? So uh, once, but this is right now targeted to Japanese people. It's mostly people who have some work assignment in that city, and uh, I think that's what they do it for. But...
0: It is, really it is a lot more engaged. You'll notice, um, even if you're not doing the management yourself, you do need to be on top of the uh, bookings and know how well you're doing with the property financially. It's a little bit more similar to running a business than just a long-term lease type of property, and there uh, are more decisions to be made. So a good manager will um, probably alleviate that. You won't have to do these things on your own, but you will have to make decisions on a more regular basis. So there is that to consider. Uh, good
5: point. I have a question on assessment of the property value. Sorry, I'm in a bit of a noisy place. But, um, I have a few properties, but not in Japan. It's an overseas country. And I am trying to uh, start thinking about buying a property in Japan, either to get a loan and pay for that long term. So I wanted to know what would be the factors needed to be considered about the property location, mainly should I go for a new building or look for a already existing building? And when I look at the apartment, what kind of floors should I look at? And the key points that should make the property attractive and can offer like a better resale uh, if I decided to sell it later on. Is it's that, kind of a wide question, but
0: is that for you to live in or an investment property, Burton?
5: To um, so to live in, but I'm not sure if I'm staying in Japan like really long. So if I left, I
1: would be also investing in it. OK, so I'll, I'll get on to answering that one.
5: I mean, if anyone else has questions, feel free just
1: to raise your hand, and we'll, we'll bring you up to the page so you, we can also uh, answer your question. Um, So this two, two things to consider, right, is when the, the difference between a personal property and an investment property, right? <coughs> When it's investment, you just care about yield. You don't care about, you know, your lifestyle associated with it. And generally investment, what's, what gives a great return is a small one room or one K or even one LDK apartment, whereas if, and not maybe not necessarily in Tokyo, whereas if you want to live in a place, then you, you know, for several years, you don't. It may not give, get the best return but you care about your lifestyle and how nice it's going to be so depends on how long you want to be in Japan it sounds to me like you may want something that's actually nice for you to live in you're going to be comfortable but it's also going to be has some successful upside in the future right you don't want it to be completely worthless when it's time for you to sell and my general comments to that is like and because everyone no one wants to buy a place, even if it's for themselves, that's going to be worth nothing, right? They would, even though it's a family home, they would like it to have some value in the future, which is perfectly normal. So what I tell people generally is if you don't have any unusual requirements, uh, if you want to stand uh, ordinary place that's going to be nice, that you're going to be comfortable in, then that, like, you know, and by that, I mean, it gets good sunlight, it's in a good location. Not too far from the train station, um, uh, and not too far outside of, of to- uh, you know Tokyo, close to supermarkets, close to schools. If you if it's a three LDK, for example, a place that may people may have kids. If it's good for you and what you would be happy living in, then chances are it's going to be also good for a future tenant or a future um, home buyer when you want to sell it. Okay, what is not a very good idea is thinking. Hmm, you know what? I want to have a. I want to build a house with a swimming pool on the roof. Okay. Then, well, you paid a lot for the swimming pool on the roof, but guess what? When you want to resell it, no, that value is not going to be there. Okay. Or if you want a very unusually large block in an area in Saitama, right? That's 20 minutes from the station. You know, you've paid a premium. You paid a bit extra to build your custom house on a very large block in you know, a location just because you want the big garden, but that's not going to be reflected in the resale price because that's not the general, generally what the market would like. So as long as, but if you have ordinary needs and ordinary requirement, general, you know, um, uh, market, you know, interests, then in the future when you want to rent it out or uh, sell it then the market is going to respond positively to to the quality of your property. Does that make sense?
5: Yeah, it does. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah, it's very interesting when you you mentioned that the small property will give you a higher yield. Um, so for the investment part, if you are going to take an apartment for investment, does the bank also finance that or you need to pay that for yourself? Uh, so there's
1: two types of loans. Uh, home loan and investment loan. Usually for a home loan, the bank can give you 100% financing or even 105% financing. And by that, I mean they pay for the, uh, the 100% of the property value plus 5% of closing costs. The bank will pay it all. Okay? So the fees and the taxes, etc. the bank pays it all. You don't pay anything out of pocket. However, if it is an uh, investment, pro- uh, sorry, and also for a home loan, the interest rate might be about 0.5% or to 0.7%. So very, very low interest rate. If you're looking for an investment property, the bank will want 20 to 40% down payment. Okay, so the bank's only going to give you 60 to 80% of the property value. And the interest rate will be closer to 25 to maybe 3.5%. Got it.
5: Very
0: clear. Thanks a lot to And the criteria criteria for properties is a bit different. They're usually a lot more flexible on the home loans um, than they are on investment loans. You'll find that a lot of the lenders, when it comes to investment loans, they're only going to approve certain areas or certain types of properties, uh, whereas with a home loan they're usually quite okay and middle will correct me if i'm wrong but they're usually quite okay with lending as long as the property is not too old where wherever you want to live is probably okay for at least one of the local lenders
1: yes precisely so you know even if you want to live you know in a house 20 minutes away from a station in, in saitama um then they'll be okay with that so i focus more on like the tokyo area so i can't really speak to very different prefectures but uh yeah, so they're generally okay with that if it meets requirements for a home. If it meets requirements for a home loan, uh, sorry, for a home. So if the property is under 40 square meters, right, then they won't give you a home loan for it. You're like, well, that's not a home. That's like a, just a rental apartment. It's too small to classify as a home. So it uh, they won't really do that. And similarly, if you have, you know, if you are married with two children and you want a 1LDK, they won't give you a home loan for that. They'll say, well, hold on, why? Like, this is not sufficient for your home. You're gonna, out. You're, you've already outgrown it or you're gonna outgrow it very soon. Um, they'll, they'll scrutinize that as well. But if you're genuinely looking for a place for you to live and you're gonna make, you're gonna call it home for several years, then probably what you're looking for will be fine for the bank.
6: Okay? so um, Emil, I had a question. Sorry, I, I lost you on the down payment. Could you please repeat the down payments again, both for investment property and own home? Um, uh, j- sure. Just uh, okay. Uh, just hold on one second for you. So, uh,
1: Bertrand, so do you have any? Uh, I'll get back to you in a second for you. But Betran, do you have an additional question to what I said? Thanks, guys. It's very clear from my side. Okay. So. um... Uh, but yeah, so your question was about for the home loan down payment or for investment loan down payment?
6: Both actually, I'm sorry I was just in the underground and I lost you for a second and that was the most important part for me so could you please <laughs> just quickly elaborate on it? Sure, sure, sure Thank you So,
1: um, okay, so if you want a home loan in Japan if you meet certain conditions, and by certain conditions I mean you have a full-time job pretty much, and if you're a, a permanent resident or if your spouse is a uh, um, Japanese citizen or permanent resident, then we can generally get you 100% financing. Okay. So that means there's no down payment. So, so for example, if you want to buy a property that's 50 million yen, so $500,000 equivalent, uh, then the bank will pay five, 100%, the bank will pay $500,000, right? Uh, we'll finance you that much. You just need to pay the closing cost. Closing costs is usually about 5% for your own residence. Right, five to maybe seven percent. So on a 50 million yen property, that's about two and a half million yen of cash that you need to pay the agency fee and taxes and transfer fees and lawyer fees, etc. <laughs> However, um, some banks, if you are, you know, generally if you're a permanent resident and you've been employed at the same company for several years and it's a decent, you know, substantial-sized uh, company that you work for, not self-employed, then they'll actually pay for those. 5% of closing fees as well. So they'll, for a 50 million yen property, the bank will give you 52 and a half million yen. So they'll pay you okay. for for loan, so you've actually, it's cost you nothing out of pocket.
6: All right, great. And what about, uh, what about the other scenario where the person or uh, the folks that are going to move in are new to Japan but still have full-time work or, you know, substantial income? Uh, Again, if you, you can still possibly get
1: 100% financing, right? But it depends on your residency. So if you have permanent residency, or it sounds like you, probably, you maybe don't, but if your spouse is Japanese or permanent resident, then you could still get it. If not, if just say, you know, you've just come to Japan six months ago and you and your wife are both foreigners. And, but you work for good companies and have good income you'll probably need about 20% deposit so the bank can give you 80% financing okay, okay. and you need 20% deposit and the 5% closing fees so consider you need about 25% um, cash in order to be able to close the deal and so let's say someone you've lived here in Japan for 6 months or 1 year then yeah ex- expect that you will uh, need uh, tw- about 25% cash um, we're so just to to let people know so in japan the real estate agents some agent we we also act as a mortgage broker so we deal directly with the banks we have a loan officer assigned to our agency from the major banks and so we deal with these banks directly and we can submit the uh all the mortgage documents on your behalf and we discuss with the bank the only time you need to speak with the bank is when we go in together for the contract signing at the bank branch uh and that's but we don't actually get paid by the bank any kind of mortgage issuance fee or any kind of kickback commission. Our uh, interest as an agent is to be able to get you the financing so we can make the commission on the sale of the property. So we don't actually have any interest in giving you a loan from any particular bank. Our interest is to get you the best kind of loan available so you're able to buy a property um, comfortably. So that's our interest in getting your home loan.
6: Great, and uh, with the same condition, almost apply if the property is for investment. As I said, I'm sorry I couldn't hear you well when you were elaborating on that. I hope it's not a problem. You're repeating everything, probably. Oh no, no, that's fine. Um, so
1: the, no, for investment, they will be a little bit more strict. Generally, you'll need 20 to 40 percent deposit. The interest rate will be from say two and a half to three and a half percent. And mm, I'm, to be honest, I'm not too sure how your residency will affect it, or how long your your time will uh, in Japan will impact it. No, they're not, they're not available. They're home. not available
0: to non permanent residents in most cases.
1: Even PR, they don't, well, They won't give us like the second home or investment loan to non PR holders.
0: Not unless you set up a local Japanese company, which they can go after in case they need to foreclose.
1: Okay. Sure. All right. Well,
6: well, there you go. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. That we will settle also. Let's see. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. It was uh, very helpful. I couldn't find much online, actually. It was a bit confusing. Thanks for the tips. The, no
7: only,
0: the only difference there, Puya uh, for investment loans is um, some of the Chinese, Hong Kong, Taiwanese banks, um, if you or your spouse have any kind of residency in those countries, and then they can uh, kind of go after you there then they would um, potentially approve it even if you're a non-permanent resident.
6: Okay, great, great. All right, so, so, yeah, I'm pretty new here. I mean, it should take a while for me probably to wrap my mind around it. It's just that it wasn't time for me to make such investments, so I'm just inquiring, but uh, hopefully soon. Thanks again, guys. I'm going to go down. Thanks okay. for joining, Priya. Yeah. Um, quick
5: question on the size of the company. Emily, you've stressed a lot on like you work for a sizable company or stable company. So, yeah, how much does that affect your the application for either personal loan or investment loan? Assuming you have a PR um, and you're applying for a loan, but you work, say, for a startup. Um, does it make a lot of difference than if you're working for a big company, Amazon, or those kind of well-established
1: companies? Yeah, so if you're look, if you've got say ten, if they got like five to ten employees or more, then you should actually be okay. Um, and if you want for a hundred percent, hundred percent loan, if you have permanent residency and you've been working at them with them for a few a few years, um, then you should be able to get a hundred percent financing. But if it's a if the company's only, you know, if it's only two employees, two staff. They may not feel very secure about that, so they may not actually want you to give you 100 percent financing, because, well, what if they you lose your job, right? Uh, because it's such a small uh, it's such a small company, um, and th- that, that's even even for the individual, right? If you work now during COVID, right? If you work for a company like Sony or dentsu although you know they're, they're having mass downsizing, um, you'll probably feel more secure than if you're working at a company with only two staff, right? During during this time. So, yeah, if, if the company's been going for a few years and you have, you know, a, a handful of staff or more, then you should be okay. Uh, but probably just for 100% financing, the 105% financing, they kind of sometimes, depends on a few circumstances, your income as well, and how long you've been at the company, etc. And how long you've been resident for, but if you are uh, let's say, uh um, yeah, if you're working for a large company, then 105% is really quite easy, quite often.
5: Right. Yeah. It, it's really interesting to see that maybe it's one of the things that one should consider before moving from a company to another, uh, in case he's, like, thinking about applying to oh, yeah,
1: yes Alone yes, yes. and de- so on. De- definitely. So, on that note, yeah, so... Generally, they'll want you to have been at a company for at least 12 months, right, before you change. And two years is actually, though, is even better. You might get slightly more money if it's been two years. Okay, a little bit, not much, but it could be the deciding factor. Um, the lowest, the, but definitely at least three months, because a lot of companies will have in Japan the very period. Even if you start a new company as a stay right, permanent employee, in the contract, there's a three month probationary term, like, like Japanese labor law generally. Three months, the company can fire you if for you know if they don't fill you up to scratch. After that three month period, then the bank will be happy with loaning you the uh, the money, but maybe not 100% financing. anything. So we do tell people uh, if you're going to purchase a place and you're also considering changing your job probably better to purchase it. They stay, stay in the job for a few extra months and purchase the property and then do the switch.
5: Alright, so a few follow-up questions here is um, after you get the loan, assuming you work for a big company, do you have to stick with that company for some time as well or once you get no. the loan, you can change your job? Well, what, you, you, can, you can just not even you can quit
1: and just be a complete <laughs> a bum. I was going to say homeless, but you won't be homeless because you're you, Yeah, you'll have a house. Um, Yeah, you can, you you can, uh, you don't have to work there. Once you've gotten a loan and you purchase a place, you have, as long as you meet the mortgage repayments, you have no uh, obligation to maintain employment at any particular place.
5: Nice. So, regarding the income, you mentioned once that, you know, the maximum amount of loan you can get is like seven times your annual income. Um, But for that specific area, do they also factor like side income or side jobs? No, or only the income you get for your full-time salary.
1: Yes. So, so the question. Um, so, just just to the audience, and also if anyone else wants to uh, come up, please push the raise hand button. We, we can we'll bring you up to the stage to uh, uh, answer any questions you may have. So, um, what Bertrand is referring to is, I've said in the past, in general, the bank will loan you about seven times your annual income. Okay, so if you get your company pays you, you know, easy numbers, uh, they pay you 10 million yen, 10 million yen a year, then you can probably borrow around 70 million yen, another 7 million yen um, from the bank or a home loan. If you, and Bertrand's question is, okay, for example, you have 10 million yen employment income, and maybe you have some side business that, you know, like you sell stuff on Yahoo Auctions or Rock 10, And you make another two million yen of profit from that side business. Can the bank you calculate your assessment using twelve million yen? And generally, no. Okay, Um, because they only take into consideration the stable employment. All right, not your side business Um, employment. Right. Yeah. Right. Makes uh, sense. yeah. but I'll, I'll give you a, a different scenario what if you don't have a job you're only self-employed 100 percent of your income is from yahoo option selling right you have a you're a you your your self proprietor and you are a consultant yeah you're a consultant for example or you, you sell retail and so all your income is purely from your your own individual business and if your income is 10 million yen from that or 12 million yen. What will the bank do? The bank will then assess it. Okay, we're going to give you, you know, seven times of your profit, not your revenue, your profit. Okay. But we will um, uh, require you pay 20% deposit. The bank won't give you 100% financing if you're a sole proprietor or if you're a business owner. Even if you own the KK, you have a Kabushiki Geisha, and that makes the money, and then you pay yourself a salary, as the represent as a Daikyo toshimariyaku. He, they they know if you're the, the representative director Maria toshimariyaku, you will also you they won't give you one hundred percent financing. It's best to be a salary man and just a straight up salary man.
5: Wow, that's very sad to hear. To be honest, um, um, there is yeah. there is one there is one
1: workaround. There is one one loaning system that will incorporate your side income as well, right? So let's say you earn 10 million yen, or let's say you earn 5 million yen from your primary employer and another 2 million yen of profit from your business sales. Then there is one that will consider the 7 million yen total. Um, But you you must have permanent residency for that. And they they can pay 100% of your... Um, loan like 100% financing but only up to 80 million yen. So if the property you want to buy is up to 80 million that's okay. Anything after that you need to pay cash yourself. Right. Yeah. You
5: know in, in Japan the bonus is a big portion of the salary in most companies. Do they factor that
1: as well? Uh, yes and no. It depends on your bonus. So in Japan what's pretty common is a the bonus is that your salary is divided into you know, 13 or 14 months, and they'll pay you an additional, you know, the 13th or 14th month, an additional kind of fixed bonus throughout the year, maybe in one time or two times throughout the year. And that's quite common in Japan. So, they understand that a typical bonus like that, where it's pretty safe that you'll get it, they consider that in the calculation, right? So, a good way to base it on is look at last year's tax withholding slip. Right? How much money did you earn last year, gross, from your company? Look at the biggest number in that, in that, uh, um, on that paper, and that's the one they'll base it on. Um, however, if you're some people are in sales, right? Their base salary might be three hundred thousand yen a month, like right? three million yen base salary a year, but they're making twelve million yen. I right? think like a, a recruiter, for example, right, um, where, or someone in sales, they get huge up. Like it, it fluctuates. And if they see the past, hey, two or three years, there's significant fluctuation, twenty to fifty percent fluctuation, in your annual total take-home salary, they're gonna. That that's not good for the. That's not good for your application. They might take the lowest of the past three years, or the average of the past three years, um, not just the most recent year, if that's the case.
5: All right, thank you for that. So I don't have one more question, but maybe I'll allow other people first that they have. So I'm not
2: leaving
5: really the same conversation. So I'll stop awesome. from there. Well, well, I
1: tell you what, um, so look, uh, look, if anyone else in the audience wants has a question, please push the raise hand button, and I'm happy to bring you up on stage and you can ask your question. But yeah, no, um, no one else has raised their hand, Bhajran, so you can feel free to go ahead and ask a question. All
5: right, awesome. So, um, yeah, I guess it's part of income. Like, how a bank would assist your income still um, only favors a salary man or only favour like, you work for a Japanese company for a long time. Uh, but some people would have some investments overseas or some properties they are managing or some direct income that is coming from outside of Japan. Um, is it safe to assume that they are not also factoring that, even if you have some documentation to prove it? Uh, well, that documentation
1: is your Japanese tax return okay so are you declaring it in Japan yes or no so yep. that's yeah so they're available then you're one that then they're not going to look at it right because they can't just if you have overseas income you, you generally need to be paying it in Japan um, we, we have a cases so I'll give you the other extreme case some people live in Japan but they're getting paid like they're a full-time employee but their company is paying them overseas. Maybe they work for an American company, right? Or they have an American entity, and they're getting all their salary paid into the Into the U.S., right? And they, but they, they live in Japan, and they're declaring it in Japan. Even though they're declaring it, the banks will still say, "Ah, you know what? We like the company you work for isn't even in Japan. It's not Japan sourced income. We won't look at it." So it's actually quite tough. Even. Um, I, there are some Japan, some people in Japan that they have real estate investments, investment properties in Japan that are creating rental income they, that won't you know, a lot of times they won't, they won't look at it Got it
7: Yeah, yeah. yeah I
1: can understand the what, reasoning behind it What can help though is if you just have savings so when they want to, if they want to loan you money they'll say like, how much money do you have, how much cash do you have are you financially sound, right? What if you lose your job, et cetera? Can you still pay the mortgage? So if you show, look, I have in the US a stock portfolio of, you know, eight 8 million yen, like 80,000 US dollars, right? Or I own a house in in Australia. Look, I've got this house that I own in Australia or the UK, et cetera. And you show the, the document that you have an asset there, they won't count any of the income from it in your calculation. But it will give them confidence that you have money, you have access to money should you need, should you need it to pay for your uh, mortgage. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so that's the usual. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Leah. Um, how are you doing?
8: Hey, Emil. Hi, guys.
4: How are you going? Very um, well. Very well.
8: Yeah, um I mean, it's kind of, I mean, you know, you know what I've been like looking for lately because I asked you about it, but we kind of took it as a back burner. But I'm still always like trying to find out more information, um, you know, how we're trying to either kind of look for a mountain home or a second home. And obviously, I know that like, the flat 35 system has gotten harder to uh, receive, especially because of the restrictions with like earthquake proof houses, like it can't be an Akia property pretty much. Um, what, what are your thoughts on like, I've seen some banks do do like a second home interest loan. Like is, it, and of course it's a lot of it is in Japanese and me just trying to get through it Or Is it worth it? You think like in terms of interest and, um, like ideally, we would love a hundred percent financing. We don't want to put in our own cash, and um, yeah, and you know, I would probably move my residency up to wherever it is per se.
9: Um,
8: and yeah, so yeah, just thoughts on that. Like for a second home, and eventually, maybe it'll become like investment in the sense that you know, when we're not there friends can stay there but would we put it on airbnb i don't know sort of thing sorry it's a bit of a roundabout question
0: when you say mountain home leah where are you referring to
8: uh pretty much anywhere my husband can snowboard (laughs) and um hopefully somewhere that's also usable in the summer because i don't do winter sports so we were looking like around Lake Nojiri, because a lot of our friends are up there, um, and it's beautiful, you know, it's it's great access to the mountains and the snow, and it's got a beautiful lake. But um, a lot of them are Akiya properties, so it's just, you know, it's constantly putting in your own cash, which, in terms of an investment, you know, you could invest your money in better things.
0: Yeah, I'll let Emil answer the uh, second home mortgage part of things, but then I think Tracy and I might have a few things to say about that. Sure. So
1: look, about the second home mortgage um, To be honest I don't deal so much with these Properties in other locations So I can't speak from proper Experience uh, with these You know, like stuff Outside of Tokyo Um, I know it's we can kind of wing it For places in Tokyo sometimes The issue is Like with second home It needs to be your second home Right? Not For a business so, um, and even then, it's generally for a second home is they kind of consider how much extra your borrowing capacity is on top of your existing loan, right? So I said before, you know, in, in um discussion, if your income is 10 million yen, your household income, right, you and your spouse, combined household income is 10 million yen from typical salaried employment, and you want to... Uh, If you've already spent, so you can borrow 70 million yen. That's how much you can borrow based on your 10 million yen household income. You can borrow 70. If you've already purchased a house in Tokyo, your primary residence, your first home, for 60 million yen, then even if you were to get a second loan, the bank will say, look, you've already got a 60 million yen mortgage, your borrowing capacity is 70, so we're going to give you another 10 million at most. Okay. They're not going to give you another 50 or 60 million because then you're overextending yourself. Okay. Um, That's so that, I
6: get that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, you could get a second um, mortgage, but you could, you could get a second um, home loan, no, sorry, a, a second house loan. The interest rate will be, I think about around between 2 and 3% is what they are, maybe like in the high ones if you're fortunate. Um, and it's unlikely to be 100% financing, um, maybe 80% they'll want some money down. Uh, but also your story needs to be a bit compelling, um, why you want to live there. But in your case, I think you, you do want, you know, even we are working now, a lot of people sort of work, uh, work from home. So, you know, being able to, to be out there or whatnot is, uh, is more, more understood by banks, right? You don't need to be in central Tokyo anymore. Um, but definitely, don't tell them about how you plan on renting it out or turning it into a uh, into a business, because then that's very much an uh, investment. But of course, remember they're going to be strict about the type of property that you want, similar to flat thirty five, um, because if it's just, they, they need some security. If they're going to loan it to, loan you the money and you default, they need to be able to sell it and recoup their their money. Um, and if it's if it's just a dump. Um, in, in some, some rural area, they're going to have difficulty doing that. So that's why they may not be attracted to that particular um, uh, proposition. But yeah, so you, def- you can get financing for a second home, but it's going to be a little bit, uh, depends on your existing financing and uh, employment situation.
8: No, that's great. I Yeah, exactly. I didn't know exactly how that second house loan worked, that it is, you know, just minus whatever you haven't used, if you haven't gone over your initial mortgage amount, which is great to know. I mean, we're still not sure. It might never eventuate, but it never hurts to research. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Definitely. Um, I, I, suggest, I suggest speak to uh, Prestia. They have an English um, support and... Just go and ask them because they, they do promote their second home loan, their second house loan. Um, go there and, and show them, say, look, you know, show them your, your tax documents. I'm sure you've just finished up, um, you know, you just sort of prepared your tax for 2020, right? Um, go show them, say, look, this is my husband and I, this is what we've got, These are, and your existing loan, how much you've got for your existing home loan. Um, how much can we borrow for a second house? And just, just ask, so first thing you need to find out, like, you know, when we do the property search, how much will the bank finance you? so they're going to do that based on your current income and your uh, existing loan okay they're going to say look we are comfortable to loan you this much at maybe 80 percent or 100 percent, whatever it is speak to them and then you can decide well you can ask them look are you okay with akia what what are your general preferences the bank's preferences for the property where should it be located how far from the station can it be like in a resort town um or or not and and get the vibe from there so prestia does it all in english so you can just reach out to them and and schedule a visit at one of their branches or just call their their home loan number um and arrange for an uh, appointment
2: nice. i
1: think that's the best bet but uh tracy Thanks, and, and Zib also have something to talk about those sort of investment properties and how you're going to manage them so i'll hand over to Zib and tracy but uh just prior to doing that can i just do a very very brief room reset Um, So, yeah, thank you people for joining uh, this this room. We're talking about uh, buying a house or buying property in Japan, buying real estate in Japan. I am a real estate agent. Uh, I focus on family home purchases here in in Tokyo. Ziv on the far right uh, is a a buyer's agent. So he, a buyer's advocate rather. So he will, um, he helps investors, foreign investors and even domestic investors buy investment properties. Here in japan um and not just not necessarily tokyo but also all regions around japan and they'll do the due diligence and find you some good properties with uh, high yields and also does the property management and tracy in the middle is the min papa queen and the uh, hostess with the mostest and she can tell you everything about how to manage a short-term stay or airbnb style property um short-term and uh you know with that medium-term sort of uh, furnished apartment state type uh, type of places. So amongst the three of us, we should be able to answer most of your questions regarding real estate in Japan. So if anyone else will, uh, has a question that they'd like to ask, please push the hand raise uh, icon at the bottom of your screen, and we'll bring you up to the audience to speak. But right now, I'm going to hand back over to Ziv and Tracy to speak to about Leah's question, purchasing new property in a... Uh but buy a place where you can snowboard. <laughs> uh, a, a, a snowboard.
8: And, ha- and have a summer thing. like That That was the only way I would commit to like searching for one. I'm like, it's not just for you. <laughs>
1: cool. Um, I just came back from Nozawa, Honten, and I loved it. So if you do get a place over there, I'll be a regular visitor. <laughs> Yay.
0: So, yeah, I just wanted to say, and Tracy will probably expand on that much more than I can. Um, But firstly, when you said um you might be... um maybe getting some profit on it. Was that when you're not using it, when you're not there? Or are you talking about renting out rooms to people who might come to visit while you're there?
8: Um, It'll probably be a bit of both because my work is quite flexible. I can work from wherever um, within reason. So, like, I could be up there a lot. And I'm not even sure. It was just, like, a thought, like, would we rent it out or would we only really, like, you know, uh, rent it out to friends and family that you know want to come to japan sort of thing like keep it small um so yeah it was just trying to find out all our options because it can be you know everything can be a bit mixed and we've heard so many different things and of other friends up in the mountains like um with property uh for personal and for investment slash renting out
0: gotcha so i'll let tracy answer that one
3: in Japan, um, it's different from in a lot of other countries. Um, you A lot of people think, well, I'll get a place and I'll just bung it up on, on on Airbnb and and the money will fall out of the money tree. Does not quite happen like that in Japan because uh, a couple of years ago, some regulations came in. Um, you needed to have your property uh, registered with the Hokkenjo, which is the health department at the... The city office, um, where you need to cover. Uh, to, uh, often the the property needs to be retrofitted with some fire safety issues, um, some special alarms. Um, if it was in a mansion, as uh, you know, like a, a multi-unit uh, complex, a condo, um, it needed to have. If there, and if there was a kumiai which is the homeowners association, you need to have a sign off from the head of that. Uh, and it needs, and a lot of Kumiai's were putting into the bylaws that um, that short-term rentals were not okay. This is why I have many houses. Um, That's when I do my business. I do mostly houses. Um, so there's a couple of hoops to jump through. Um, when you jump through them, it's it's uh, it's not insurmountable. But when you jump through them and you uh, and you do it. Um, there, there is money to be made, and um, and especially seasonally in uh, snowboarding places or beach places. Um, there, there certainly is money, but you do need to be fully regulated. Um, otherwise, you will not be able to list online, um, and then then your only option really is to uh, to rent to family and friends um, because uh, the they are pretty strict here. So if you're caught. Renting um, without a license, um, the fines are pretty steep, and they, you know, they're, they're civil servants with nothing much else to do. So they do go around and look for people. Um, so my advice is just don't, don't, don't think about trying to go under the radar if you are going to be doing it for money as a, as a, as a supplemental income. Um, that said, I think it's a really good business because I, I'm in it, I do it. Well, um, but, but you have to really have all your ducks in a row, and you have to have your due diligence on things like. Um, how many days a year can you rent in your area? Do you need a hotel license versus a, a Minpaku license? And you also need to be working with a registered Minpaku Kandi. And a Minpaku Kandi is a manager who uh, they're the ones who vouch for you and vouch for the guests if there's any problems like the garbage isn't being sorted correctly or there's a fire, they need to they need to uh, talk to somebody, and that's when the minpakukandi ha- uh, is the they tap them on the shoulder and say, "Oi, what's happening there?" So there's a lot of there 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 is a lot to the business. Um, I don't want to discourage you, but I just want to make sure that you go into it with your eyes open. And it's it's not like you know you read stories on the internet in other countries, for example, in America or in Australia, where you just put it up on Airbnb and th- then you're done. It's it's uh, it's it's a, a lot more regulated than that. So, does it help?
8: Yeah, no, that's great. It's just, um, it's really good to just hear it from people that are actually doing it actively. I mean, we still haven't even decided, like, whether it would be a rental investment or half rental investment, whatever. I mean, I kind of like the idea of it just being our house and our house for us to go up to, but I understand, you know, if you, if you have a house just sitting there empty, it would make sense if you can go through all the hoops and make sure it's safe and regulated to make some money off it, because all else is just a sitting duck, really.
2: But yeah,
3: if it was me, if it was me, I w- that would be a yes from me. But uh, as I said, I know the business, and I and um, I I would be going into it with you know knowing what I'd have to do to get there. Um, you know, my next my next investment will be a beach property that I do exactly this with that I can use for myself um, when I, when I want to, when my family want to, but but also um, have, be open to uh, short-term rentals. So when I buy a property, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be in the right zoning. I know that, I'm, I, I know the steps that I have to go through to get the license and then I'll, then I'll be listing it and, uh, um, and sharing it. But because yes, I, it's just, there's so much opportunity. Um, with an empty property that uh, in, in in an in an area which is in demand, so um, it's for me it's a no-brainer. For some people they don't want to share their house, and uh, that's I understand that as well. So it's not for everybody. It's not and um, so when I work with people, I you know I make sure that this is really what they want to do, and that they're going in with, into it with their eyes open.
8: No, that's great because yeah, we actually looked at a property in Hakuba, and it was actually under a management. So it was it was an investment company, um, and it, I mean they were very good, very honest. They sent us through the last three years' financials, and how it worked was like they were like twelve villas. You buy a villa, and you know you have certain dates up there. Um, then the rest of the time they rented it out, and you split the profit amidst the twelve properties. And when we got the financials we were just like wow really that's it it doesn't i mean maybe they just haven't been that strong yet but it that's was a very like particular investment. scheme
0: though that's um that's a very particular style. kind of like timesharing right
8: no you own the property but there's a huge management company and you know that they send us through the spreadsheet of like you know this is how much we earned but this is the cost of everything, like maintenance stuff, da da da. This is the profit, and now this is the profit split amid, um, equally amongst twelve uh, villas. So even if your villa doesn't get hired out, like you know, you will get a little bit of what everyone else gets, which is a positive. But considering their location, the style of the villas, it was just really surprising to see the little profit that was made.
3: Sounds like everyone with a hand had it in your pocket, basically.
0: I think one of the the ways, um, I don't want to say around, but if, for example, you look into a particular property and you really love the place and it looks like that particular area is going to be more challenging for Minpaku uh, compliance or licensing, um, rather than give up on it, you could rent it out by the month. So as long as you've got an actual tenancy lease in place for a minimum period of one month, and it doesn't mean that the person will actually be using the place for the entire month. They could be using it for just two weeks, but you make the lease out for an entire month, then you don't actually fall under the minpak regulations. And in those cases, um, you can definitely rent it out as if it was a normal um, rental property and you don't have to comply with anything. So that's um, it's just an easier way to go about it if you think that your guests might be coming in for, say, two weeks at a time as opposed to just like a week or a day in, day out kind of thing.
8: Oh, that's interesting. Thanks. But, yes. yeah, it's a lot of
3: information to sift through. That's that's absolutely true, Ziv, um, absolutely true. The The only caveat with that is that you are not allowed to, to list that property on Airbnb. You do have to work with your own, um, you know, with a property manager who can find clients um, for those, that for monthly clients on their own you know with their own channels and their own funnels and and what have you so yeah, you're gonna, yeah and, sure. you got, and you're going to pay and you're going to pay a percentage uh for that for their work and for their uh, for the work that they've already done to put those funnels into place
0: absolutely so. yeah in her case i wasn't even thinking about airbnb i was just thinking well if you are kind of considering it to be only a family and friends thing you could expand that a little bit, just make a social media page or a little home page where you actually say that you've got a home in Japan that you can lease out for a few weeks at a time and then get people to contact you directly and run a lease with them directly. You wouldn't even um, necessarily have to go with a management company, but you could potentially make up for the expenses for the time that you're not using it and maybe a little bit extra. Hi, oh, that's really interesting. Thank you,
8: Ziv.
1: Okay, um, Yeah. just uh, if anyone else in the audience has a question, please feel free to push the hand-raised uh, icon at the bottom of your screen and we can bring you up and ask anything about buying uh, real estate in Japan, be it your own home, personal home, or investment property for typical uh, typical investments or uh, if it's even for a uh, short-term stay, Airbnb type and of type stuff, then the three moderators at the top have you covered in terms of uh, expertise.
6: Uh, I, I have one go. more question, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, I was wondering what are the regulations uh, on visa and residence permit for people who would be making larger sums of investment, or is, is there basically any relations or correlations between a residence permit and long-term visa and any sorts of investments into the real estate?
0: I can so, answer that one. Yeah, we've, uh, we've actually had quite a few discussions on that with customers recently and with immigration lawyers. So. Technically, there is no investment visa for real estate. So the fact that you've invested in real estate doesn't actually grant you a visa. And uh, the idea behind it is that because Japan doesn't have any limitations on foreigners buying and and renting out and managing property in Japan, you don't really need a visa to do that sort of thing. But the way that you can get around that... um, is if you actually run a business of some sort. So the minimum amount for investment to get a business manager visa is pretty low compared to property purchase prices. It's just 5 million yen. So you could, and people regularly do, just set up a kebab shop and get a visa that way. The thing is that, number one, to renew the visa every year, um, you need to show that your Japanese income uh, is at a certain level. And I think that's about... um, 25 million yen, uh, sorry, not 25, 2.5 million yen uh, per dependent, so one for the visa applicant, and if you've got any family members uh, that are not generating income, they, that's another 2.5 million for each of them, and then you actually have to show a business plan, a fairly detailed business plan, and you have to show that you're actually doing work so you could set up for example an asset management company and own properties under that company name but just the fact that you're owning the properties and getting rental income if you're um, using third parties to do the management as opposed to your own staff that would not qualify you for um, either an application or a renewal of the visa so you have to actually have a company set up um, and doing work beyond just collecting rental income um, definitely, uh, to renew the visa, but also to qualify for it in the first place. So if you're, if you're really going to be getting into, um, if you're really going to be getting into property investment at a level that justifies that income, because don't forget that, you know, company upkeep, as far as accounting and minimum corporate tax goes, that's already another somewhere between two to four thousand US dollars a year. So you have to make sure that the income that you're generating justifies that, um, Frankly, I mean, if property investment is your thing and you really want to get deeply into that, then that's a great thing to go for, but otherwise there are easier businesses to set up and qualify for a business visa with.
6: Thank you so much. Now, I was mainly asking uh, due to the fact that I work with some clients who are interested in uh, some sort of, you know, distributing their assets in different countries, and finding ways to move their families in an easier way uh countries like dubai malta some places provide much easier solution in that sense i was just wondering how would the situation be in japan so from what i understand uh, it's basically a no from your answer in a a simple i mean looking at it from a simple perspective uh but yes thanks thanks for the info
0: no it's not a no it's just not as straightforward in other countries like you said you 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 know invest in property you get a business visa Uh, here you actually have to run a business and generate income but if you're into that and you're into hiring one or two staff members and uh, renting a small office space, then it's definitely doable, yeah.
6: Thank you so much. So guys,
8: I'm just, sorry, I just clearly want to say thank you for the information, but I'm going to pop out. Um, have a great day, guys. Chat
5: to you soon.
0: Thanks. Oh, yeah. Thanks, you thank too. You
5: so, a question, question to question. Yeah. So, you mentioned about you're trying to work with your clients to maximize the yield of a property. And for some people, they are really wondering: Is do I have enough money to start like buying an investment property, even if it's a small one? And what is the average yield you would typically get in Tokyo? And how
6: do you maximize it? So, is there any general thoughts about that, guys? I also wanted to quickly say bye. Sorry to interrupt you, Ziv. Thank you so much, guys. Emil, Patranc, Ziv, and I hear from you soon. Take sure. Care. Take bye-bye. care. See you. Yeah,
0: bye, guys. Care. See you, Pouye. Um, Yeah, so the answer is definitely yes. It's a lot more affordable than it is in other developed countries. Um, I'm not sure that Tokyo would definitely be uh, the most cost-efficient place to hit for that sort of entry level. Um, In Tokyo, so like Emil was saying before, really the cash cows, the ones that that tend to generate the best yields are um, studios or one-bedroom apartments, say 1R, 1K, 1DK, 1LDK maybe at most. And that's, that's kind of the sweet spot as far as size goes for the best yield. Uh, and age-wise, they can't be too new. You obviously don't want them too old because then maintenance piles up and nobody wants to live there. But if you get something between, say, 1990 to 2000 or 2005, eight, if you're lucky, uh, that tends to be the sweet spot age-wise. So out of Tokyo, um, these properties... In, in good cities, I mean, not, not in Inaka, in, in good uh, central cities, these properties start at about 3, 4 million yen, so 30,000, 40,000 U.S., and they generate yields of um, anywhere between 6 to 9% uh, net pre-tax, so not taking into account your individual um, income or corporate tax uh, situation, but including all of the purchase and known management costs. Um, so that would, be, that would be the minimum and that would be the yield. In Tokyo and Osaka specifically, you're probably looking at uh, entry level of somewhere like 8 or 9 million yen. And the yields would be maybe 6% if you're very lucky before tax, most likely more like 4.5%, uh, 5%. So Tokyo is not necessarily the best place to uh, benefit from that.
5: Wow, that's pretty easy entry. I didn't imagine the number to be that low. So you're saying that, you know, 5 million to 7 million yen, you can get a property in like Osaka or some other city and with like 7 to 9% yield annually.
0: Osaka is getting quite similar to Tokyo. So in Osaka, it's going to be a bit more challenging, but we do occasionally see those properties there as well. The yields are lower, but you can sometimes buy into there, uh, I wouldn't say 5 to 7, but maybe 7, 8. Um. But other cities definitely, so satellites and um, other secondary cities around Tokyo and Osaka like Kobe, Yokohama, Kawasaki. Yokohama is not really a secondary city, it's Japan's second biggest. Um, Sapporo, Kyoto, Fukuoka, Nagoya, um, and other prefectural capitals, second-tier cities like Saitama, um, Kumamoto down in Kyushu, Nagasaki. Although Nagasaki specifically, the population is a bit on decline. Um, All of those places definitely, yes. Wow, awesome!
5: Uh, thanks a lot. And you mentioned about like, you you know having an asset management company. So I'm just wondering, from the being tax efficient, and in order not to be taxed so much on your income from those properties, is opening a property like asset management company to manage, let's say, one or two properties of the ones you, but around like five million, ten million, something like that. Uh, is it advisable to go that route, or you just buy it under your name and you start? getting the money under your name and then you're
4: going to
0: be taxed on it. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I was mentioning that in uh, relation to a visa, uh, to a business manager visa. If you're not going to be owning properties that generate at least forty, fifty thousand um, uh, dollars $50,000 a year, uh, it's not worth it because you're going to be paying, again, somewhere between two to 4000 bucks a year. It does become profitable beyond that level because corporate tax is capped, whereas individual tax continues to go up. So once you're getting past that forty, fifty thousand dollars a year in uh, income, then it becomes uh, there's also a lot more, a lot more that you can claim as deductions when you've got a corporate structure. But definitely not for these cheaper properties now.
6: All right. thanks. Um.
1: Okay. So, thank you. So, are there any other questions from from the audience? Uh, we've been going for. Uh, well, an hour and 10 minutes now. Um, so, yeah, if there are any other questions, please uh, raise your hand and uh, we'll bring you up on stage and you can ask us uh, anything about real estate, either personal home um, and home loan financing, uh, investment properties uh, in and around Japan, and also uh, short term stays, Airbnb style um, uh, rental, etc. Pardon, we do have uh, someone has raised their hand. Nick, uh, let me bring you up on stage.
2: Hey guys. Um, hey, Nikita. For bringing me up. Uh, yeah, this room has cool. been very informative so far, so thank you for doing this. Cool, um, I'm good. Please go ahead. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm originally from the States, and I was thinking about investing in real estate uh, in Tokyo. I live here for maybe the past four or five years. Um, and if I were in the States, I would want to invest in a multi tenancy type of situation, like a full house unit with maybe two or three uh, units within it. Um, I'm not sure what kind of market there is for that type of building uh, in Tokyo.
0: Um, They do exist in Tokyo, definitely. Like They they exist uh, in in all other cities, and they're very good investments. They they kind of hit um, a really best-of-all-world situation because while Japan is not necessarily a capital growth environment, um, sometimes, especially in big cities and in good periods, uh, appreciation does happen and you know 2012 to 2019 is a good example of that so if you do want to benefit from that as well as from as well as from the uh, potential of being a bit more creative with your property because if you own the entire structure then you can also do a lot more with it um, whether it'll be okay from Minpaku or not is a question of whether the zoning uh, the particular uh, local municipality allows that and to what extent but At least you're more creative as far as um, renovations or even, you know, in the future, if it gets too much to maintain, to tear it down, turn it into a warehouse or a shipping facility or even a parking lot. So there is that benefit of it. And you're definitely going to be able to find tenants for it. That's not going to be an issue. Um, But again, same sort of um, thing that uh, Bartram was asking about. The, um, The yield in Tokyo would be fairly low. So... Um, price compared to the rental yields is not super attractive in Tokyo. If you go even you know an hour out, say Saitama or Yokohama, you're already looking at um, say four to eight unit blocks that you could potentially purchase for as little as uh, 400000 bucks, uh, but in Tokyo that's not going to be possible and yield will be a lot lower again. So ca- can I ask why specifically Tokyo because I- I'm not sure if you're aware, but with Japanese tenancy laws, when a property is tenanted, you can't actually enter the units for inspections or anything. So you're going to be a remote investor, even if you're living around the block. Yeah,
2: so I mean, I guess my thought is that I would want uh, long term tenants. Uh, and the reason I, I'm curious about this is because I would like to buy a property. And if I were to buy a property, it would be a house. Um, and if it were a house, you know, and if it was just for myself, obviously I'd have to foot the bill for the entire property. But if I can find some, some, some sort of multi-tenancy situation, I think it would be much more like financially viable for me to get the money from them to help me pay my own mortgage, right? So I would be living in this, this building as well.
0: You mean the tenants would pay you to purchase the property?
2: Oh, no, no. So if I have, for example, one building with three units in it, and I live in one of the units, and I have tenants for the other two, then it would help me to pay the mortgage off
0: uh, faster, theoretically, for this property, Right. You know, Emil could be could comment on that, I think.
1: Yeah, so let, let me um, so let me speak to that. There, this common situation that you're speaking about, uh, in order to make it, I say a viable, um, you know, like uh, feasible, is you want to get a home loan. So Japanese home loans are great; they are 100 percent financing, very low interest rates. Like you know. 0.5 to 0.7 percent interest rates, however, that they need to be, it needs to be for your primary residence, not for an investment, however, what, there, there is a, you can possibly get a home loan for uh, the, the multi, what's um, the multi-dwelling, uh, multi, um, uh, like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. if this following condition is met. Your primary residence portion is over 50% of the total property size. So think of a two-story wooden building, like almost like a house a large, like two-story wooden structure. The entire top floor is your primary residence. And the first floor, the bottom floor, is maybe three one-bedroom apartments. Mm-hmm okay, so your primary residence on the second floor is it just maybe 52% or 53% of the total building size, square meterage, then you could still qualify for a home loan oh, with a property in that structure. That's probably the only situation where I think you can kind of get, like do it successfully where you rent out the bottom ones and that so is basically getting some rental
2: uh, investment property within your home loan. Yeah, because right? I actually saw a property like that on Sumo that was exactly that. And I was curious as to why it was set up that way, but that makes total sense. Yeah, and that that's basically it. Uh,
1: also with, with wooden structures, yeah, you they're not going to have, how can I say, like, often, look, if you're, I forget about the wooden truck comment, if you're wealthy enough to buy a building that can afford three or four individual apartments, you're not going to want to live in one apartment, right? Because $800,000, like 80 million yen to buy such a property. If you can afford 80 million yen on a property, you're not going to want to live in a 30 square meter, one LD, right? It doesn't match your sort of maturity and your age and um, you know, with that kind of income you are getting, you're not going to want to live in a place. Per- well, I mean, I think that just depends on the person, right? But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's going to sort of look at it, but but that's kind of why you don't see so many of that available, and why the banks won't finance you that one way. You just live in one of the
2: four. Okay, but that does make okay. sense, though, what you said about the fifty percent, and I, I, yeah, I think that's. I'll definitely look yeah. into that a little more. Sure. Uh, do you keep in
1: mind that banks are a little bit stricter when it comes to that. It's not like, oh, hey, it's under, it's under you know, <laughs> rental, it's only 48%. That's fine. Great. We'll give it to you with no questions asked. No, they are a bit stricter on, on scrutinizing that. Um, and then you also need to think, so even when I was first for my first property, I had that in mind. What the advice I tell from my personal experience, I've got three kids now, um, is when you have something in that kind of, uh, that kind of layout, it's going, you need to think, well, uh, how, like, do, do, do you, do you, are you married? Do you have kids? What's your family? No, no, nothing like that. No. Okay. And well, you gotta see, hey, are you planning to or not? What's the longer, slightly longer term strategy, right? Because, like, yeah, yeah. Like within five years maybe, right? Yeah probably years, like you know like are you engaged or do you plan on having kids or do, do, do you think you're gonna have a family because in that case maybe that top floor is not going to be sufficient for your your you know short to midterm your, your midterm needs
2: your family growth I guess with that type of loan though and under that uh, that those conditions for the loan, is it a binding condition where it needs to be your primary, re- primary residence for a certain amount of years before you can move out and rent that property out? Oh, well, you can move out, but the problem is you, you're not going to get another home, they're not going to give you another home loan because
1: you've already purchased this one. If you want another home loan, first one. Gotcha. Right. So you, you can you can have it as an investment, but then you can only rent, just say you rent out your top floor that was your prime residence, you rent it out. Um, you want to, move to a family home well you go to the bank hey i want another home loan give me another million dollars no no we gave you eight hundred thousand dollars for your first for your first home if you want another million you're going to have to sell the first one
2: gotcha they won't double leverage you yeah 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 these are great things to think about I, i i always thought the as a concept it makes sense but maybe uh from a practical standpoint there's all these things that i haven't thought about so yeah um, and also remember, like, it depends on
1: where in Tokyo, like, if it's 1K, like, the people that are going to be living next to you, if the rent is 80,000 yen or 100,000 yen a month is what you're making from it, um, you know, like, what kind of, my, my takeaway is, well, if I've got my young kids running around and playing, I, I like family-oriented neighborhoods, okay, and I don't want these singles that are, like, you know, new graduates or people that have just just moved to Tokyo, and they just started their first job. Um, just you know, all university students living right below me. Um, you know, I'm at a stage in my life where I, I don't want to live in that kind of area. I want to live in a nice residential area where my kids can play with all the other neighbourhood kids, etc. Um, so that's something. But, however, in terms of what you're saying, um, you know, Tracy, can I sort of, you know, do you want, do you have something to say about that house setup? <coughs>
3: Sure. I mean, I actually built a house. My house is actually built uh, custom made with an Airbnb in the property, um, and I use that as it was built as as a two generation, multi generational house. Uh, it has two entrances, but then an interlocking door where I can lock when there's guests, and when there's family come and stay, I can unlock. So that's a that was a custom build. Um, and that helps me pay my mortgage. Um, I don't think I actually—this is being recorded. I don't think I actually declared it to the bank that it was uh, that it was going to be used for um, for tools. Uh, but it was certainly built, you know, on the understanding that that the doors could be locked and um, and uh, that it had two entrances. So, uh, and the bank was fine with it. Um, My dream would be, my dream client as a, as a manager would be somebody who has actually built, bought a, a multi, uh, you know, a a building with say three or four, two bedroom units in Tokyo, because I could manage that and make a fortune when the borders are open. And I could make a fortune on that for, for everybody as a win-win. Um, so I'm, you know, as soon as things are starting to move again, I'm actively going to be looking for um, investors who want to do that and want to uh, invest in me to uh, to run that and manage that for them. So, I got a um, few of those
0: for you, Tracy. Just let me know.
3: <laughs> Was that yeah? I, I, that, that's really what what I'll be, be looking for moving forward because I'm I'm very very bullish on on what it's going to be like as soon as the um, borders are open. Unfortunately, we just got the bad news last night that. Um, that the Olympics will not be open for spectators from international spectators, so that was a bit of a blow for me personally. Um, but it just means that the pent up demand will be even more when Japan finally gets their vaccine story sorted. Um, so I guess I'm rambling a little bit, but uh, but having um, my 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 dream would be. Uh, as a as a short term rental host, um, you know a building with two, uh, two, two bedroom three bedroom um, uh, listings uh, that were in the same building. You know three or four. They're all in the same place. They're all they dedicated to short term rentals. They're in the right zone where I can get a hotel license, and and I could pimp those babies out and um, and really make a a, a lot of money. Um, so you're you're as an investor. It wouldn't be that you're you're getting capital um, capital uh, growth, um, because a, as Ziv and Emil can explain to you what the what the, the market on that is like here in Japan, but I could certainly make good um, uh, cash flow on a month to month basis um, over a year that will uh, you know that's a massive return compared to a long term uh, a long term rental situation.
0: Tracy, so. quick quick question for you: um, sure. Would you only be able to manage these in and around Tokyo, or would you be able to do that in other parts of the country as long as it's a big enough city?
3: I've got systems that I can um, that I can franchise, if you like. Um, so you know, at one point at one point here, I was running a seven figure business. I wasn't doing that in my own, and I wasn't doing that uh, running twenty four hours. I've got systems in place that automate a lot of things um, and um, and, and that can be taught and that can be downloaded and, and, ha- and, and be managed from afar uh, so I can do that um, but it would, you know, it, yeah, it would just mean that I'd have to have the right partners in that area so that, that's, uh, that's a, a local manager slash housekeeper running a team of, of cleaners so that's, that's what that would be and then um, a central hub that runs things like the communications so the communications can be run from anywhere um, but uh, you really do need boots on the ground for uh, for housekeeping slash cleaning stuff because they are the lifeblood of the business. If you haven't got your cleaning systems and your communication systems down, you're dead in the water. So it's a hospitality business. There are people sleeping in, um, you know, there, there's heads in beds. And so um, there is a duty of care, and there's also uh, like a real hospitality uh, thing to it. But I can teach that. Because so. I'm awesome.
0: Quick, quick, quick! Sorry, Emil. Just one, one final question on that. Um, when you say teach that, would you be able to teach that to a local, maybe kind of um, flexible, open-minded, hundred percent Japanese, non-English-speaking property manager?
3: Sure, I can do that. Um, I I do I do seminars and webinars now um, in English, and I could do that in. My Japanese, it'll be poor Japanese, but it will still be Japanese. Um, and because I, what I do believe is that um, it's a hospitality business, which means it's people. Um, and the delivery system of my teaching of my of my work can be in whatever language, but the values and the essence of uh, of the business is is consistent. Whether you know the guests are from, uh, you know they're human guests, so you know we have human needs. It doesn't, it, you know, it transcends uh race and culture and, and uh and language um and but so yes I can teach these things. Um no
0: problem. All right. When the borders open let's have the discussion again. Um, um
3: have, I, it, have it before the maybe, <laughs> uh, when the borders are open it'll be too late.
0: <laughs> Noted um we, we do have
1: Alex who's come up to so, but I uh, should go to you uh, Nick uh you have some you have one more Another question you want to follow up with?
2: No, I just want to say thank you guys so much that uh, it was really insightful and I, I have some new things to consider. So thank, thank you. you so much. Uh, there is
1: one thing, Nick, that I would like to add uh, about what Trace mentioned in her house layout. It's called a nisetai jukaku. So what's very common in Japan is they have, you know, two generations um, living in the same building. So, for example, in my house, right, if my mother-in-law, my, my Japanese wife's mom wanted to also live with us, right, it's quite common. For the their grandparents to, or the parents to live with the, the family, so they'll actually have like a separate entrance on the first floor for their grandparents to live in. And now the grandparents, the first floor will be like a self-contained unit almost. Or they'll have a little kitchenette, a small kitchen area, a bathroom, and and a, a LDK. Um, but interconnecting that between, within the same building. Like would So there's two external doors, one door to get into the, the, the grandparents property and then another door that goes maybe staircase straight upstairs and that goes to the second and third floor for the primary residence for the, the, the family with kids, right? But there is generally with the Nisa they do type of an interconnecting door in between, right Because you still family that's living there. And that's what Tracy was uh, alluding to, and that's quite common in Japan. It's not that's not considered. Hey, it's a rental on the first floor. That's a misetayu taku, and it's for grandparents to come and live. Right, um, it's, it's very very common, uh, and that's what she, that Tracy was talking about. Whether you just close that off and then do it as a rental, then the bank won't really know about it, uh, but. If you were to get a property with two or three sort of apartments downstairs and none of them are really interlinked with the upper floor, then the bank will assess it as, hey, this is purely in like rental properties downstairs. So Nisetai Jutaku, what makes it a bit different is that it's got the interlock there. It's there, the two properties are actually connected internally.
2: Interesting. That's, yeah, that's really an important nuance. So, yeah, I, I definitely will look into that more. Thank you. Yeah. And if you search
1: for Nisetai Jutaku, rather than you know to with apartment downstairs you'll actually see a lot more cool i will right. do that thank you so much sure okay righty. um it, it's it's three o'clock but we got to alex and samuel have sort of uh, come up on stage so we'll ask your questions but then uh we'll, we'll uh, wrap it up i think uh after that uh alex how are you doing uh what's your question hi guys
5: then i want i mean you should ask uh, samuel to have his questions i just want to say i love trace's energy and I'm actually managing a cleaning company here in Tokyo for front desk, cleaning,
2: consumables, linens, etc. So I would love to team up or, or see what we can do. But please ask Samuel instead, so uh, he probably has some questions for you. Thanks, though.
1: Okay, thank, <laughs> thanks a lot, Alex. Um, you, Samuel.
9: Yeah, thanks so much. Sorry, I, I came in late, so I missed uh, a lot of it. But uh, So apologies if you've already gone over this. But... Uh, my wife and I bought a single uh, detached family home in uh, West Tokyo, and my question is related to uh, inheritance taxes. Um, so I've done some research, and I'm still confused about like uh, gifts uh, for down payments and like how the regulations for those work. So uh, my father-in-law is uh, a Hong Kong uh, Chinese citizen, and he wanted to give us uh, some money to buy property as an investment property here in uh, Tokyo and I'm having trouble finding out like what the uh, taxes uh, would be on that, like what obligations there are. So um, is there any resource you could recommend for like how to find out more information about like uh, inheritance tax or uh, I guess gifts for down payments?
0: Um, Yeah. On our on our youtube channel i think if you follow me and send me a message on any of the uh instagram or twitter or linkedin i'll send you a link directly to that video we've linked to um one of the accountants that we work with that did a series of videos on inheritance tax so i think most of your questions will be answered there and if not you can just contact him directly he's very uh, chatty so he'll be happy to uh, share that information with you
9: oh, thanks so much
1: and, and Tracy, you wanted to say something earlier, I think, to Alex.
3: Yes. Sorry, I, uh, I've friended Alex, so um, if he's running um, uh, Lynn companies, uh, sure, let's talk.
1: Okay, fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll um, oh, get one more uh, person who's put their hand up, and then I think that, that that'll be the last question. So, uh, uh, Alex, uh, sorry, uh, Eric. I'm thinking, think yeah,
7: uh, yeah, thanks for allowing me on the stage. Um, question So, I, I built a house uh, over in the Showdown area, and I'm interested in uh, purchasing another property. And my understanding is that second property uh, by applying for a loan would be considered a commercial loan. Uh, based on your experience, how, I guess, painstakingly, well, how difficult would it be to actually? Get the second uh, loan uh, if
2: it's considered a commercial property, uh, and not using my like you know going through my company uh, that I that I own um, you know for um, as the main purpose uh, uh, for use of that building. Okay, so
1: to um, get get the discussion about it's going to be like a commercial property or an investment. I think the the term you're referring to is an investment property for the second for the second one an investment loan. That's not necessarily the case. Um, You said, sorry, the first one you built was in in the Shonan area? Yes, uh, I'm over, uh, I'm I'm close to um, uh, Hayama.
7: And so I I built my home over here in in Yokosuka. And I used to live in Tokyo, but, you know, now wife, two kids, uh, much better for family life over here. I'm close to the beach and all of that. So uh, we're looking to go back to uh, Tokyo and Yokohama. So I was thinking about finding something where maybe I have, uh, commercial on the first floor, you know, office on the second, uh, an apartment on the third, or an apartment on the second, a commercial on the first, something like
1: that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, in that case, it's gonna be likely an, an investment, uh, like an investment loan that you're going to need, uh, not oh, okay. a second house. If you, if you wanted just a house, right, um, for example, just really just another house for yourself or an apartment, just for you and your family to stay in and not the office space and that other investment sort of um, aspect of it, right, then there is an option for a second home loan, right, it's actually called, it's a loan, it's a Jutaku loan for your second, it's a loan for a second home, they refer to it as a second home. Um, And it's kind of okay to justify in your your, um, uh, situation because you want to be in Tokyo and your first home is in a completely different area. It's quite far away. It's over one hour commute. Right? Uh, oh, however, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. So it could be possible, but your, how much they loan you would be a bit restricted. And this is what I was saying to, uh, Leanne, uh Leah earlier in, um, which you may have missed, you know, they, it depends how much your income is and how much of your borrowing capacity you've already used for your first purchase. Okay. So Uh, yeah, yeah. so if your maximum if the maximum based on your income, the most that a bank will loan you is let's say seventy million yen. So Nana Senman, seven zero. Seventy million yen and you've already bought spent if you've already spent fifty million yen on your first property, on your first loan, then they're gonna say, Well, your borrowing capacity is only gonna be twenty million yen. Okay. Right? So that's that's Probably the bigger deciding factor. You can possibly get a second home loan, but you can't over leverage yourself. Okay, and that's based largely okay. on your income. Okay. Um, however, you, you did mention so that, that's in general if you just want a another residence for yourself here in, in, in Tokyo or in a different area. But uh, you, you did mention well, what if your company? Were, so just to get this right, what if your company were to purchase it and it would have some like office space, etc. Is that right? Right. Yeah. So I, I had, um, I was renting office space,
7: um, the, uh, the the virtual office down in a Sando and then when COVID hit, uh, we closed that down, and so I run my business out of my my home. you know, get to write that off and everything. Uh, so we're looking at looking uh, for say commercial residential, but the the key is if I can get just a second home, a residential, you know, loan. That'd be great, and then I could always just rent, you know, commercial office space or to a share office again or something like that. So uh, uh, I'm glad that I would be able to apply for a second residential loan. Uh, that would be good,
1: and that would be, uh, I guess, the the priority uh, for me in, in the Tokyo area or or Yokohama. Sure, I I suggest, and is exactly what I said to, um yeah, you, Joe, Eric, you speak Japanese quite well.
7: It's in my name, the, the land's in my name, all of that, so yeah, so um, I have, you know, interesting, sometimes difficult experience, but um, I had it was pretty positive overall with the bank and, and the realtor.
1: Okay, sure, if you want to just find out, so the first thing you need to do, right, is just find out how much you can borrow for a second property. And that's quite an easy calculation for the okay. bank. The bank will want to see your tax withholding slip. And this is, again, this is a ballpark ballpark figure. They're going to want to do the credit assessment and check your stuff before they give the formal, formal approval. But just okay. to get an idea based on, assuming all of that is okay, based on what your remaining borrowing capacity is, the easy thing to do is take your um, tax returns, your most recent tax returns and your tax withholding slip, I, I, I suspect if you have your own company you're doing a, a capitation kokusho, your own tax declaration right yeah, So uh, take yeah to so take that for the past two or three years um to the bank and also your uh, in, information about your existing home loan so uh the every year your existing home loan the bank will send you a zandaka shomeisho it says what your um the, what your existing what well, what your current loan repayment is. Right, and so what your current loan balance is, how much was it was at the outset, what the current new one is, and also um, your hensai yotehyo what your um, repayment uh, mortgage repayment schedule. Take that to the bank and say this is how much like And to any bank, um, uh, take that to the bank and say this is how much money. This is my income. This is my existing loan. I would like to buy a house in Tokyo. How much more can I borrow for a second house? Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. And they'll they'll calculate it, and they'll give you a, a number of approximately how much they can loan you extra, because you already you've already extended some of your you've already used some borrowing capacity for your first home, so that's why they'll you need to see how much they'll give you for your second one.
7: Okay, great. Yeah, thank you. Very very helpful. Thank you.
1: No no worries.
7: Oh, which area in Tokyo are you looking at? Uh, I don't know. I, I used to live in Shinjuku, um, Shinjuku, Shinjuku Gion maya um, and then I went back to the States and, and then came back to Japan actually after 10 years. So, um, probably, actually, I don't know, family friendly, uh, of course, you know, transportation, I'll, I'll, have a car and all that type of stuff, but, um, nothing wild. <laughs> I, I just, I like quiet, so to speak. Um, but I like to, you know, to get out and, and mix it up, mix it up with the family. So just something that's family friendly. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open. Sure. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I think that's what you should do. Is
1: speak to some of the, the big banks. Um, you know, uh, SNBC, MUFJ, Arizona, um, Mitsubishi. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, was it MUFJ, SNBC, Arizona? Yeah, and uh, SNBC. Oh, MUFJ. Uh, uh, Mitsubishi, Arizona, SNBC, and Mizuho. Mizuho, that's it. Sorry. I'm yeah, uh, yes.
7: with SNBC right now. So, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, go back to them and, and, and do that yeah i don't know if they'll give you the second one you
1: should go to a oh, different okay. lender yeah 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 it's actually kind of I gotcha. okay. it's counterintuitive kind of okay. yeah you yeah they might the same lender won't give it to you um sometimes they're a bit strict on that and also Prestia, pristia bank uh promote their second home loan so speak with them okay give them a call and see what what you can do um yeah that's that's what i suggest
7: all right first, uh, i really and, appreciate that
1: and so and, and also yeah, if,
7: do you have permanent residency,
1: or is your wife, your spouse Japanese?
7: Yeah, my spouse is Japanese. Um, I am now. Uh, I
9: work for U.S. government, but I'm going to retire in
7: July, and, and so I'll go back on um, uh, you know you know a Japanese visa. I guess they're going to give me my spouse a visa like, first, and then I'll apply for my PR at the same time. I have about twenty seven years in Japan or whatever, um, mm, but I'll I'll my. I'm, now I'm sofa, but I was able to buy my house on sofa um, and that, you know, no problem. I actually helped four other, I'm sorry, five other people buy houses. The that, that guys are in the military, I'm not, uh, that were on
2: sofa. And so um, that, that was not an issue. Okay,
1: yeah, that's, was that SNBC Financial? Yeah, that
7: was SNBC. Not... Uh, no, it was a bank, not financial. Um, so I went to... Ooh, I went to three different realtors, and uh, we looked at uh, properties, uh, matches out in, in Yokohama, price range around 700000 to a so low of $400,000. And, uh, you know, they all wanted uh, 20% down, and then I said no. Um, one said, how about 10, and we loaned the other 10. I said no. I want to put zero down, and like we don't do that in Japan. So at the end, I bought my home, newly constructed, with 0% down um we had a very good rate um, um I, I make good income you know, I, you know disability pay my retirement uh pay and all of that i'll still make you know, a very good um, yearly um and so but i want to buy you know another place so
1: uh, i'll be off the sofa in, in a couple of months and back to a regular visa okay yeah my, my issue isn't really the sofa. yeah one yeah the, the visa status is one thing but rather you i know with sofa you're, if the income is not japan sourced on your tax return, that could be, uh, that's how they sort of calculate it. I know there are some small banks, some banks in that will give it to SOFA, but do you have a 35 year loan mortgage or is it like a 20 year or 10 year? No, so because of my age, I can't get a
7: 35 year loan. So I'm, I'm, I'm a 58 in August. And uh, so, uh, you know, with, I, I, again, so once I, when I apply for my loan, I still didn't have Japan based income outside of my company. Um, But I didn't use that in the calculation. I strictly used my uh, disability and, you know, my U.S. government uh, income. But once I retired, so I'll, uh, you know, get my Social Security. I also qualify here in Japan and everything. Uh, But I'll still, again, bring in uh, a good yearly. And um, uh, I'll add the the Japanese-based income if I need, Uh, you know, when I apply for the loans using my Japanese company. But I don't plan on doing that. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think,
1: look, with uh, the complex situation that with your, your self-status or your, your your foreign-sourced income, I think definitely just speak with uh, the, um, the the banks. Speak with a bunch of banks. Uh, maybe the mega banks won't want to work with you, but you look sounds like you've already experienced with some other banks um, as well. Speak to the ones that were kind of friendly, even if it wasn't for zero down, like if they wanted 10% down or 20% down, that's still pretty reasonable. Speak with them and see how much they'll, they'll give you. I can definitely help you with a Tokyo purchase, property purchase, but you'll need to, uh, but in terms of the financing, yeah, with the surfer guys, um, usually it's a bit challenging from, you know, uh, for myself in Tokyo, for financing. All right. Cool. Yep, right, Thank you, Eric, me. man. Cool. Thank you, man. All right. Um, we will want to wrap this up shortly. So the the very last question, uh, I'll hand over to, I'll ask Miho-san, who's just come up. And then uh, we can uh, wrap it up. Hi, Miho. How are you doing? Just
0: before that, Emil, sorry. I just wanted to, um, because a few people joined us a bit late, I've noticed in the audience. Um, This room is being recorded. So if you want to listen to all the questions and the answers, um, uh, either hit me up directly or just Google or go to the iTunes store and look for uh, Japan Real Estate Podcast. There's only one. And uh, this recording will be posted maybe in a few weeks' time, but it will definitely be posted at some stage. So you can uh, tune into it then.
8: Hi. Um, I didn't know this was being recorded, so I thought I have some tips about um, buying a second house
3: on the loan, but I don't think I'm going to talk here. So I think I'm going to go down
1: Thank you. Okay. No worries, Miha. Thank you. Anyway, um, for, you
5: sorry for, about yeah, that. Coming
1: up. Yeah, no, no, that's completely fine. Uh, okay. So, uh, in that case, we'll let's, uh, close up this, uh, this room. We, uh, right now we've got this room scheduled, uh, um, for every Wednesday at 1.30 PM. So 1.30 to about three. We've gone a little bit over time. Lots of questions being asked. Uh, so if you would like to, um, Ask any of us a question directly. So, my name is Emil. I'm a real estate agent here in Tokyo and I focus on uh, personal family homes, um, home purchases, and the uh, relative fi- uh, relevant financing. If you have any questions about uh, that, then feel free to message me on my Instagram DM. Uh, Ziv on my far right uh, can help with anything about investment properties um, in and around all of Japan. And Tracy in, in my middle, the hostess with the most list. If you have any questions about short-term rental, Airbnb-style rental, um, and the related management required, uh, please reach out to her, and she can uh, assist you with any questions you may have uh, about that. If you do like um, you know like this uh, room, please uh, you can follow any of us, and you'll get alerted when we have this room. Also, uh, we started the Japan Real Estate Club, so if you look just above this title, the phone is about to buying real estate in Japan. Right above it, it says Japan Real Estate, and there's a little green clubhouse. If you click on that, you can actually follow our uh, this club, the Japan Real Estate Club, and you'll be notified of when we uh, host this room. So right now we do have a it's I think uh, scheduled every every Wednesday at 1.30 for till the end of the month. Another when three uh, three sessions, um, and we will likely also have a few others thrown in and out throughout the week. Um, depends on uh, on. Uh, how we go with our regular work-life balance uh, okay, um, is there anything from Tracy or Ziv before we wrap it
2: up
3: uh, thanks Emil, no I'm good um, and uh, yes I'm, I'm around, I'm awesome and you can find me through Instagram
0: Yeah. same here you can find me um, through my profile there's a few links there, LinkedIn is probably the best way to uh, reach me but uh, Instagram and Twitter will do as well and as Emil was saying, if anyone's got a question that they want to ask, which is a uh, more private in nature, you don't want it to be recorded, you don't want other people to hear this, um, feel free to reach out to us uh, directly. We do communicate outside of Clubhouse as well.
1: Thank you. Great, thank you. Um, and san what I'll be, I'm actually kind of curious what you what you wanted to contribute and say. So, if you like, just as soon as this is finished, I'm gonna just reach out and start a uh, a private chat just with you and we can if that's okay um okay that's fine yeah that's okay sure okay and I'll, I'll do that in in a second um all right guys thank thank you very much um all right thank you guys we'll close up the room now um, you very
7: babe, much. i want
1: to i want to jump on a chat with Miho. can you uh
0: Actually,
2: in the room, is that okay?
0: Yeah. Thanks, Amin. Okay. Yeah, I'll do Thanks, that. Guys. So I'll give Bye-bye. you folks another minute or so to follow anyone if you wanted to, and then I'll close the room. Thanks for joining us. All right, so there you go. Long and hopefully useful chat on all things related to the world's second biggest property market. And again, a quick reminder that this particular clubhouse room is open every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Japan time. Usually lasts anywhere from an hour to two hours, depending on what people want to discuss and how active they are with their questions. If you haven't got a Clubhouse membership yet and you're looking for an invite, hit us up in the comments section or wherever you might have found this episode and we'll try to sort you out. And if you're in the market for a Japanese business management visa or any other type of visas of the types that we've been discussing on the podcast or if you're thinking about setting up a company or a branch office of a foreign company in japan you want to have a chat with our sponsor hiroshi shimizu who's an immigration lawyer and administrative uh, scrivener here in japan he's just revamped his website as well and that's looking really good so go check him out it's japan immigrationexperts.com all one word japan immigrationexperts.com And from our end, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a short review or at least a star rating on the iTunes store, help us reach more people who could hopefully benefit from the content we share here as well. So that's it from us for today, folks. Thanks for joining us here on the Japan Real Estate Podcast. We hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoshiku.